Hey everyone, it's Alicia here. Following our last podcast release when we spoke to Chastity Brown, an educator in the sports field, we thought it would be great to go right to the source to see how young professionals in the industry are feeling. In this episode of Living Sport Podcast, we sit down with a few guests that are currently working in the sport industry. We discuss their thoughts on the current state of sport business, how their role in the industry has changed since COVID-19, and they also went on to offer up advice throughout the show on how to navigate through this time. It is so amazing to see their positivity shine bright, even when some of the outcomes aren't ideal. For all of those out there that feel they are alone in navigating their current or future careers, we are here to help. And that, my friends, is the power of the Living Sport Network. Let's hand it over to four really, really great young professionals, Jess, Maddie, Anthony, and Chelsea, representing the NHL, minor league baseball, and collegiate sports. Let's get to it. Welcome podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Living Sport Podcast. Last week, we had a great episode with Chastity Brown. She told us the professor side of you about what young professionals are going through during this COVID-19 pandemic and how they're handling it. And it was a great episode. We thought it would be even more great to get some young professionals on the line to hear their stories. We got young professionals working in sports across numerous different leagues and different types of sporting organizations. So we're so happy to gather these four alumni of the Living Sport programs. If we want to go through and introduce ourselves, that would be great. Let's roll. Hi, everyone. My name is Jessica Martin, and I'm a new business representative with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hi, everyone. My name is Maddie Develli, and I'm a promotions and marketing intern with the Rocket Siege Trash Pandas in Alabama. Hey everyone, I'm Anthony Rizzo. I'm a facilities and event management graduate assistant at Florida State University. Hi guys, I'm Chelsea Bingham and I am currently an all-star game coordinator and marketing and promotions assistant for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Very good. Welcome guys. I can't wait to hear the value you could provide to some people maybe navigating this time. So let's start off. Jess, we're going to start off with you. So we're going to travel to Pittsburgh here. Tell us what you do for your job and what you do on a day-to-day basis. Sure. So as a new business representative with the Pittsburgh Penguins, I primarily work as an outbound sales rep. So typically inside sales as you would uh, starting getting your foot into the door with the organization. In addition to outbound sales, our ticketing department is relatively small in comparison to many major professional sports teams and leagues around. So we also have our own base of season ticket accounts that we help manage as well. So you are currently working now. What's your story now that COVID-19 has happened? So now that the pandemic has happened, I am still working. For the team, we just switched to remote work, so I'm spending most of my days at home. Surprisingly, the tra- transition has been a lot easier than I thought. There's a ton of things I never knew could actually be done away from the office, so we're constantly learning new things and working with new programs as ways to stay in constant contact with each other. I will say, though, I do miss the human interaction in our office. We have such a tight-knit group, our department, and there's never really a dull moment on any given day, so I kind of miss that. Coming from a sales side, though, my job functions have been a little different, but still relatively the same. While there isn't anything necessarily to sell right now, it's still important to keep building and maintaining those relationships. 
just we need to be there right now for fan inquiries, answering questions, listening to concerns of our fans. And in doing so, we're leading with empathy. And I think that that's really key right now for our listeners to realize is that it's important to be more so understanding and empathetic to the whole process and knowing that we're still there as their resource in this time of need. Now, you still have to keep those relationships going. And we don't know when sports is coming back. None of us here on this call or none of us around the world really have that answer. So what do you talk to about with your clients? What are you trying to tell them? Right now, it's we're checking in on their well-being because what's most important right now is the safety of our players, our fans, the people in our office. So it's hard to answer those questions that we don't have answers to. So it's more important to just be there for them as their main point of contact. A lot of people just really like to talk to you right now because they're finding it hard to interact on a daily basis with really anybody. So it's, it's great now being there as not only their rep, but as their friend. Sure. So the NHL season was halted midseason due to COVID-19. What's the latest news on what is happening in the NHL? Well, that is a loaded question, Alicia. <laughs> but thank you for asking it. There is a lot of speculation out there right now. And Honestly, you're probably seeing just as much information as I am right now. Um, everything is changing essentially on a day-by-day, -day, even hour-by-hour -hour basis. One minute you can see something on social media and the next something's completely contradicting it. Personally, I'm anxiously awaiting for the next update from our league right now. <laughs> I think we all are for sure. We want to know when we're going to get sports back because I know I... You know, the NFL draft is coming up soon. We had the Michael Jordan documentary. Like those, we're, we're living for that stuff. We need our sports for sure. Okay, so with your specific position, new business representative, you talked a little bit about it, but what are some of the challenges that you may face moving forward with this? Sure, so for me personally, it, it is really hard to predict the outcome of all of this. On one hand, I can see a ton of challenges such as, limited discretionary income, closings, furloughs. For some people, it could even be the fear of public gatherings. But with all that being said, in my opinion, I think the resumption of sports and live events pose a lot of great opportunity as demand is going to be there when we come back. It's important to take that time now while you have it to be innovative and reimagine your product offerings so that you can keep fans excited, engaged, connected, willing and wanting to come back. Given the current climate of things, I'm doing my best to just remain hopeful and positive throughout all of this because to me, there's no sense dwelling on things that are really out of your control at the moment. Sure. And you said being creative. That's what your office, now you have time to actually think about things you may not have done. Are you guys being creative on a daily basis and really putting focus towards doing that on a daily basis? Yeah, I think it's been a really collaborative effort. A lot of people get together day, day by day. There's a lot of ways that we're staying connected with our offices and meetings and finding new ways to get together, together apart, as we call it. So I think now is the time to look more long term and see strategically where the new vision and creativity can come from, because a lot of times you don't have this downtime or you're waiting for the off season. And I think it's important when you have the time now to do it, why not? Sure. How are you guys getting creative on meeting up? Are you doing any of these digital games or anything else that's going on? Yes, I'm, t I'm a huge fan on this whole virtual get together thing. And kudos to anybody out there who takes the time and prepares these day in and day out and 
IT people and tech people trying to teach people how to use this stuff is completely uncharted territory. So definitely finding ways to stay interactive with online virtual meetups and anybody out there, just make sure your webcam's on. Like we really need to see you. I don't want to see your initials up on the screen. I want to see you on the screen. So definitely take that into consideration too. I love that, Jess. That is really great advice. It is great just seeing faces. And yes. even though we're not there, it does take the place. Just kind of like FaceTime has done, you know, young professionals move away from home and that's kind of how you keep in touch with your family. And it's still, it gives you that. It's not maybe the hug that you sometimes <laughs> need, but it does create that something that you feel like you're there in person. And, and that's really what everybody needs. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, so you said that you are hopeful, but how do you stay focused and motivated during this time? So for me, I think it's really important to keep to a schedule. Right now, our office hours have remained the same, so I'm trying to maintain that normalcy through that. Only now, the focus, like I said before, is more so on inbound inquiries and questions rather than just outbound calling people every day. And I think it's also critical to understand this time is just as difficult for our fans as it is for us. So like I said before, you have to just remain empathetic about it as you're doing it. And if you can stay focused on what's important and know that this unprecedented situation is much bigger than you, then you can stay motivated throughout it. Some wise words from a mentor of mine recently said that you should use this time to ask yourself, how you intend to change adversity into opportunity, and then reflect at the end of each day and ask yourself what you did to make yourself better. I love it. So if we have everybody that's listening to this podcast start thinking that, I think we could have some people maybe start being a little more productive because we need that something. We've been in the house long enough now that we're losing our steam. <laughs> we need something else to look look forward to and something else to do. So I hope your words right there, your advice that you heard from a mentor really resonates with people listening. Very good. You said you're working a regular schedule, so about nine to five from home. How is it different working from home other than not having that social interaction? I gotta say there, there are a couple distractions that do play along. Number one on my bucket list is to appear on Prices Right. So now I have the opportunity to listen to the Prices Right during my work day. So there, there are definitely a couple distractions and I myself live at home still with my family. So it's, it has been a transition knowing that I do still have people around, but it's not my usual coworkers and I'm working around a younger brother who's doing college classes and a mom that stays at home in his office. So it's just been all the time and it's just, it's a crazy work environment, but the job is still getting done. So that's the most important part. Fabulous. Are you a Plinko fan? Of course. Is that your game? <laughs> if you were on the show, is that what I, you're I would love to play Plinko just because I would love to walk away with some money, but I dream of winning a trip on the prices, right? Give me a trip on the prices, right? a big person who loves to travel, loves adventure, new places, new people. So if I could walk away from a trip, I think I'd be the most happy. Well, what's your game? Like, well, I don't even know, cliffhanger? <laughs> that was on today. I was very excited to see that today. Okay, okay. Do you know your prices well? Have you, well, oh, yes. <laughs> sent to the grocery store? Yeah, word of advice to the people out there. When you're, if you ever get on the prices right, a car nine times out of 10 is not gonna end in a zero or a five. So don't bet on that. 
Very good. Very good. I, you know what, that's funny. Do you have to audition? No, you just show up for the prices, right? You I think, yeah, I think you go online, you buy your tickets. And if you get a ticket for the, for the audience that taping that day, like you have a chance, I believe is what it is. Very good. One, yeah. one day. I had that similar thought with Survivor. They're like, oh, we're now casting our next season. I'm like, hmm, is this something that I could do? But yeah, we'll see about that. All right. So we're ending with this question with you, Jess. What is your advice for young professionals looking to get into the industry, especially during this time? Really good question. And I want to caveat this with just knowing everyone's situation. I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what your, what your life is like at the moment, but from a career development perspective, I think now is a great time for self-growth. You can use this opportunity to update your resume, your LinkedIn cover letter writing, so on and so forth. So while organizations right now might not be hiring, I know a lot that are probably on a hiring freeze and a hold. You can still network on LinkedIn send messages to connections that you may want to learn more about or organizations you might want to work for. And don't be afraid to ask questions because myself and other industry professionals are out there and available as resources to you even during this time. So you're saying if young professionals are reaching out to you via LinkedIn, you'd be happy to answer some questions. I would be, yeah. Yeah, I think the majority of people are like that too. And I think people just need to maybe gather up the courage to do so. And, and not everybody will answer, you know, let that be known. There are people out there that maybe they're too busy or maybe they don't use LinkedIn that they're not getting their, your message. But ultimately, if you send out a, a bunch of messages, somebody is going to get back to you and you're going to make a connection. So, all right, very good. All is well, Jess, anything you want to add? Nothing. Like I said before, if you're doing a virtual meeting, just make sure your video cam's on. That's my number one. If you can take away one thing from today, because I know we're all in this together and a lot of us are in situations that are like this right now where we're working remote. We miss talking to people to and from every day. No one wants to talk to JM. They don't want to see those initials on the screen. They want to talk to you. So make sure your webcam's on. All right, let's turn to Maddie Novelli. You are in Alabama and your story is exciting because you are working with a brand new minor league baseball team. So I want you to tell us all about what team you're working for and where you are. Yeah, so I made the big move from California slash Oregon all the way to Madison, Alabama. And for people that don't know, I'm working with Lindsay Nup and Garrett, who you know very well. So I kind of feel like I'm kind of staying in that living sport family. We are a brand new double-A baseball team in the minor league, built a brand new stadium, and we are affiliated with Los Angeles Angels. And I am currently um, kind of doing a lot of things, but I came over here being the, their first ever full-time intern, so... What an accomplishment. You will forever be the Rocket City Trash Panda's first ever intern. They should give you a plaque or something on the wall. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So there's a lot going on when a team is brand new and building a brand new ballpark. So like you said, you're doing a lot of things as was expected. Tell us a little bit about what your official title is and really what everything you're doing may be outside that scope as well. Yeah, so my title I got hired with is promotions intern. And then I started here the first day of February. And like you were saying, we're a new team. So 
we have to build brand new connections. We have to build brand new sponsorship. Like everything is literally starting from the ground up. So I remember my first job with another intern was literally writing out 600 handwritten letters that we sent to companies all over in Huntsville and Madison, Alabama, trying to get those relationships built, trying to invite them to come to Toyota Field and want to see what we were a part of and want to hopefully be a part of the, what we're creating here in Madison. So I remember doing that. So I was like, okay, here we go. Like I'm writing out letters. I'm doing all this stuff. I don't really know what to expect. And then as the weeks progressed, we started getting into the promotional side of things. So I mainly am working on in-game promotions. I've also been doing sales, group sales. So I was able to get like eight different contracts, dance companies coming out to want to perform on the field. I have been the mascot, especially right now, which I literally can tell you I've never done that before. It's a great experience. Everyone's been telling me that everyone does it. Like I know you told me you've done it. Lindsay's done it. Like you got to start somewhere. And it's, it's fun, especially because like I know how beneficial it is and how like huge mascots are for sports so just to be able to see people get pumped up to see sprocket everywhere he's a big trash panda it's really fun so kind of just holding t-shirts we have like signs stuff going on tomorrow kids or we're doing zoom meetings with different schools i'm being sprocket for that so just trying to help in any way that i can you know whatever they whatever they need help in so and there is a specific way to roll t-shirts for the t-shirt launch, right? Are you getting good at that? Lindsay showed me in the beginning how to do it. And I was like, okay, this is how I'm doing it. And then I just been doing it like ever since then. And now I'm getting it down. But then I have people come in and be like, oh, you know, you could do it this way. You know, you could do this way. And I'm like, no, 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 specific. Garrett's like, Maddie, this is exactly how we're doing it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I don't know how many boxes I've gone through already, but it's, it's fun. Like you put the earplugs in and you just start doing it and I'm hopeful and ready knowing that they're going to go to fans that are excited to get these t-shirts so 100% that's one of those jobs that you do you put the headphones in you get in your zone and you just roll t-shirts knowing that that t-shirt is going to make somebody's day and it could be a memory that they have forever because I remember when I caught my first t-shirt it was at a concert I mean I was in my 20s guys I shouldn't have been this excited but I'm like I always launched them right I was always fortunate to be on the other side and finally I was at a concert and it came right to me it was Zach Brown band and it came right to me and I just caught it. And I felt like an outfielder catching this like long hit ball, but it was 100%. So when you're doing mundane tasks like that, do it well. And you know, you're making somebody's day for sure. So let me back up a second. Rocket City, what does that mean? From what I've learned and gathered being here for a few months is uh, it's uh, Huntsville is very known for like NASA and like the rocket, um, their space museum and all that stuff. So that was kind of part of the name. And then the other Trash Pandas was actually voted on here in Huntsville. So we had six top names that they were going for. And it's funny because when you talk to Ralph and Lisa Nelson, they're the owners of the team, they're just like, oh my gosh, no, like what the heck? And then that's it won. Now they're just absolutely obsessed over it. And we it's just taken off in minor league baseball i mean our, our retail is crazy this logo and everyone in like london and england and people all over are just like we're not even huge fans of los angeles angels but like trash pandas like what so it's it's a really cool name it's very unique very different and seeing the city about or like the the communities here in alabama come together and just so excited for this team it's it's really awesome and it makes working in sports and that passion amazing so Okay, so now we're going to slide over to COVID-19 happens. Your inaugural season is set to start and is now delayed. How does one handle that? Staying busy, I think 
you know, kind of going off what Jessica's saying, but like I'm here alone. I don't have family. I mean, I have my coworkers. So we had an insanely tight knit family and we still are. We're always having Zoom meetings, working and trying to just prepare for when we do get that call to when we're going to have our first ever home opener game. But just doing virtual like games. So I think it was last week we had our MLB at home opener. So we were trying to wear our gear, trying to get people to want to watch all that stuff. So we had it on Twitch, which I do not know how to work, did not even really, nothing. I, I learned all that stuff. So that was really cool when we actually had our broadcaster like be talking like it was an actual real game. And so we have another one coming up this Saturday. And what I got to be a part of yesterday was we're doing like our in-game promotional games. We're filming them like live, me and other people doing it. And then we're going to put it on YouTube as if it's happening in real life. And like I, we had kids running around the bases with sprockets. So we're still trying to incorporate all the things that we would do in the stadium. We're just putting it on YouTube and Twitch for people to, to be a part of and watch. So fabulous. Yeah. It's those things that are teaching us all something, how to be innovative in this time and bringing everything into this digital world. It's really fascinating. So what is the state of minor league baseball or major league baseball? Like what do you, what's going to happen? Yeah, we, we really don't know too much information, to be honest with you. Like, like Jess was saying, it's a very loaded question. Um, but what we do know is that we're very positive and hopeful that we are going to have season, especially in Alabama. I think we're really positive that we'll be able to go back to work in a few weeks. So we're hoping we'll get back to just, like I said, focusing on preparing for that, that time where we get to have season. But, I mean, everyone's really just staying positive, knowing that it's going to happen here sooner or later. So, so you said you're in an apartment by yourself. Yeah. What are you doing? How are you getting through this? It's been tough. I'm not going to lie. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it to everyone listening. It, it's hard, especially being super far away from family. Like you said, FaceTime only goes so far. Like I can't get that hug or, you know, I'm with people that I kind of just met. But I think for me, it's getting outside and like running and being active, reading books. I know like Roth, our, our owner said, take this time to try to figure out something that you're lacking in and work on that and improve yourself in different things that you want to, you know, be more like better at and whatnot. And just staying positive knowing that like like everyone's in the same exact situation um so i mean i may be an intern and someone might be director but you can only do so much from home and you can only do so much with what you're given right now so just trying to stay positive and knowing that like you're in control of yourself and how you handle the situations that you're in so do you think in a way that this has brought maybe everybody is away from each other but it's bringing people closer together yeah, I think so. I've had so many good conversations with my coworkers and my family and friends that like the minute that we get the clear to open up and have sports again, it's going to be insane. Like everyone's going to be going crazy. The people that get to work and be part of sports in these organizations, it's going to make for all that time where they're sitting around waiting, like it's going to make it that much sweeter. And I think that just knowing that like, like I said, we're all in this together. So everyone in the sports world like knows your situation, what we're going through. And so just remaining hopeful and positive. You worked for the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA. So compare for us the NBA versus minor league baseball working experience so far. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me right now is the community aspect of it. I think that even like with MLB, like the amount of popularity and money that the NBA and these programs already have along with TV and everything, it's just, it's a no brainer. And then you go to minor league baseball where it's like, our main priority are our fans and our fan interaction and making those fans want to come back to games all the time and just, you know, giving them that. So I think it's just, it's community aspect. It's like a lot of, a lot of these states don't have a professional team, but they'll have a minor league team. 
And so just getting those people to come and still celebrate and be able to watch sports and feel like they're part of a big community in that way, I think that's a huge difference. The atmospheres, I guess, are a little different. I haven't got to experience it, right, like yet, but I know NBA is very fast, especially in promotions. You have those timeouts, you're on it. Whereas baseball, it's like, you don't know when, what, how things are going to happen, when the guys are going to get off the field, like just all these different little things that I'm excited to be able to, to compare and stuff, so. Sure, yeah, that ninth inning could take two minutes, it could take a half hour. So you're just on your toes waiting in promotions. All right, so advice for those in the industry that may be dealing the same thing with you. You moved from your family, you're in your apartment alone, you're trying to do your best as an intern on a digital platform. What advice do you have for people? I think reminding, like for myself and other people that are in my situation is that like you're there, you're doing as much as you can and you're gonna have days where you're like, wow, I feel like my work is not, I'm not doing enough right now or I can't. But just knowing that like, it may be rolling up a t-shirt, but knowing that that is going to be something that needs to happen and that it, you know, it's important. And just knowing that if you stay loyal through it all and stay positive, that I know people are going to understand and have everyone's back and know that like, hey, we all got through this together, especially with my family, like my baseball family here, knowing that I came over here to gain experience and learn. And I'm in the situation that I'm in and, you know, I'm only going to be able to do so much, but just reminding myself that like you are, it's okay. Like everything's going to be okay. And just to stick it out and be positive and know that there's better to come. So. All right. Great, Maddie. Give your team a plug. What's your social handles? Trash Pandas Baseball on Instagram, on LinkedIn, uh, Rocket League Trash Pandas on Facebook. Get the gear. We have the cool little hand sanitizers. I know that they're going out, but those are like huge, you guys. Like they're kind of small, but they're amazing. And we're doing really well with that. So. Before I let you go here. On our last podcast, we brought that up. Chastity saw that you posted that online that you guys are doing hand sanitizers. How did the trash pandas get their hands on some sanitizer? You go to our go to our website. You can only order six at a time. That's our limit right now. But they're going like crazy. And it's funny. I put that on Facebook and I had so many people reach out to me because they're all sold out everywhere. And people are like asking me how big they are and all that stuff. And like, I don't know if you guys can really see, they're not like super tiny. They're the bigger than the little uh, Bath and Body Works ones. But they're great to have everywhere. I have one in my car. I have one here in my kitchen, you know, in my purse. But they're great. We still have a lot. It's been our biggest hit so far, especially because you got a little Rocket City Trash Panda that is brand new and no one really knows about on a hand sanitizer. So it's really helping us. Fabulous. So pull one for each of us and I'll purchase and send everybody a Rocket City Trash Panda's hand sanitizer. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. So how are you, Anthony? I'm doing good. Just trying to make it through the COVID situation that we all know is going on. All right. So we are moving from the NHL minor league baseball to really the collegiate feel. So tell everybody listening what you're doing both work-wise and school-wise. Yeah, so I'm currently a grad student at Florida State, just kind of wrapping up my first year here in the sport management program. But then I'm a big proponent on the experiential learning aspect. So I also kind of split my time as a graduate assistant, facility and event management department. So it's really pretty heavy involvement with a lot of our athletic facilities and event management. Um, fall is pretty heavy with football and then some other sport involvement here and there. And then in the spring, I, I fall, my supervisor, he oversees golf. So I do a lot of, I had a lot of involvement with both the men's and women's golf tournaments that we hosted. 
all the way up until kind of where we're at now. And then everything kind of stopped and, and changed pretty quickly. So. so schooling went totally online. So you are dealing with your classes online, right? Correct, yes. Okay, how was that transition for you? For me, it hasn't been too tough. I, I've got some friends in other programs like law and, and business and, and whatnot that it's a little different because they actually have lectures over Zoom. Ours are more, hey, here's an assignment that we posted online or go and watch this recording. It's not as much of the interactive. We, we had a Zoom class on Monday, actually. Can't say that it went too well. To, to Jess's point earlier, there were a lot of black screens. Mine might have been one of them, but it was that, that was a struggle. But I, I don't think for me it hasn't been too difficult because I, I've taken online classes before and it this resembles similar to what I've experienced before. But I know some of the other students and other programs around the university are really struggling with it, as are the professors as well. So are you going to keep on the black screen or are you going to show your face to your classmates from here on out? No, I'm definitely going to take Jess's advice and, and, and show my face a, a little bit more on those screens. And for everybody listening, definitely take Jess's advice. Don't, don't take mine. I'll tell you what, the professor probably appreciates that too, or whoever's doing the talking. I've been calling into a lot of classes on the business professional side. We want to see faces. Yes, 100% for sure. Okay, so we talked a little bit how your classes went online, but with classes going online, that means most likely facilities are just totally empty, and you are still working though. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're in a pretty unique situation, I would say. I, I can't really speak on other universities around the country. I, I've connected with a few other individuals, and, and their, their schedule is a little bit different, but here at Florida State, we're seeing as we oversee the facility side of things as well as event management we're deemed as an essential staff member so we fall under the the state's mandate of who's allowed to continue working so pretty much basically a month ago we kind of had a staff meeting in the department and and we my supervisor the the head of the department he instituted a plan where we basically rotate just with my schedule and everything, I only work Tuesdays and Thursdays, but other people in the department, it's either Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday. And then we alternate who checks out facilities on the weekend. But primarily, it's to your point, yes, the, on March 20th, we got that notice. And the last hour of the day, we went around and physically chained and locked every facility on campus, put up signage that said this facility is closed. And since that point, a lot of the reason we go in is to, A, make sure the facilities are still locked, that people aren't on there, because if they are, we have to kick them off. And we have had that happen before, because as an athlete, you want to practice, you want to keep training, they miss it as much as, as we miss working it. But it, it's, it's, it's definitely been different to go about and do that. And then on the weekends as well, it's still trying to go through just making sure that, that traffic is low and, and that there's no issues that are popping up. because even if the facilities aren't getting used, there, there's, there's potential for leaks and, and mold, and it's Florida, so you, you, can, you can run into those problems. Sure, and you want to catch them as soon as possible, I can imagine. Yeah. Okay, so this role that you have on campus is a graduate assistantship. Tell those listening that you are taking grad classes and you have this assistantship. Not only do you get the work experience, but you also get 
a little financial kick there too, right? Without really saying how much or anything, explain what that means that could provide an opportunity for people that want to go back to school. Yeah, yeah. For, for anybody listening, I, I would definitely say that graduate assistantship, if, if you're interested in working in the college athletics realm or really any area related to college athletics, like at the conference level or even outside of college athletics, I think a graduate assistantship is, a, is an amazing way to get that experience and to your point to offset the higher costs of graduate school because you may or may not know, but typically you take a step up in the, the financial cost from going to undergrad to grad. But it's like I said, the, the biggest thing for me is it was getting that experience. Masters was never really something I was destined to do or that I really wanted to do, but I, I saw the opportunity to get some additional firsthand experience with a, with a power five institution like Florida State to get that degree in a, in a noteworthy program. But essentially, if you're looking for those opportunities, I would highly recommend NCAA job market. Around this time of the year, probably February or March, schools will start posting their positions. Ones that have an established graduate assistantship, they typically post year after year, every two years. But every school is a little bit different. It's either a year or a two-year program. Mine's a two-year commitment. It does come with the financial piece, as I mentioned, that helps offset the tuition costs as a tuition waiver. And then you get that additional financial piece in the form of a stipend as well. But I would definitely reference NCAA job market. If you see a position, definitely reference your network. As we've mentioned on a lot of the other podcasts, the networking piece is huge. And especially in college athletics, it's really hard to, to get your foot in the door without networking. And college athletics is so tight knit that you your boss at, at one school or even where you go to undergrad, if you've in, done any sort of internship, they, they probably know a lot of individuals at a lot of other schools that can help you. If you find a, a graduate assistantship that you're interested in moving forward with, they can help kind of make that connection and, and get you uh, a, a leg up on the competition. So you are involved in a lot of different things. Right as COVID was happening, I think it was right before you went and worked a tournament, right? What tournament was that? Yeah, so I worked the women's ACC tournament, actually connected with a fellow alumni, Tim Kerr. So that was a pretty unique opportunity as well. Neither one of us had any idea. He went and looked me up on LinkedIn and was like, wait a minute, you're connected with Alicia? You went on the Living Sport program? And I was like, yeah. So that, that was, a, again, the, the networking piece. It's, you're connected with so many people in so many different aspects of the sport industry, and you never even know it until you have that conversation. Sure. Big hashtag mini reunion right there. I'm oh, yeah. always so thrilled to see people from different programs connecting. And when you guys sent through those photos, they mean the world. So keep on doing that. You would have never known if you didn't go and work this tournament. And Tim too, he would have never met you. So I could imagine too, once you find out you have a common connection, the bond just gets deeper there instantly. Yeah, I've actually used Tim to, to the point of, of what we're kind of doing now where we've shifted responsibilities. And it's, I know just kind of mentioned this earlier, but trying to find ways that we can make improvement improvements within the department, looking at our credentialing process, our guest services process, really trying to maximize this, this window of time that in college athletics, you normally don't have because you're hitting like regional season and tournament season and, and everything like that. But I've actually used him as a, as a resource. He's currently interning at Wake Forest. And I've, 
connected with him about some of their guest services and their credential programs as well. So it's, like I said, even making those connections to that point, it's the opportunities and the, the potential for connecting and understanding and learning the, the system is many doors open up. Now give your program a shout out because I was you allowed me into your process when you were looking at grad schools and you had a number on your list. What made you pick Florida State? It was, again, I saw the, the experiential opportunity was, was a big component for me, but Florida State's ranked as one of the top programs in the country for some websites, the number one in the country, but it's a, a great opportunity. The, the, the classes that they offer really hit a lot of different areas and subjects within sports that are very applicable. But for me, the being able to find an opportunity where there is a graduate assistantship available with a, a very storied athletics program like Florida State competing in many championship events, I think it was, it was the perfect opportunity. So yeah, it just fit me. <laughs> I really wanted to talk about this and your grad assistantship and going back to school because this may be a time that is good for that, that people could seek education because then education leads to assistantships where you get experiences. You may have to do another internship as part of your program and you meet people. We all know that the job market is going to be down. I graduated grad school in 2008 and that is when the financial crisis hit. Something similar to what is happening right now. And it was a struggle for me to, you know, get things going. So becoming more educated, getting that master's degree may be a viable option for some. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think it's, the extra education can never hurt. And when it offers the opportunity to get that experience, to make those connections to a big part of our program is, is volunteering as well. So it's, it's actually a requirement both in sport and out of sport. So that's, that's a good way to get involved as well. But to your point, I think a master's degree is never something is never something to look down on it can only serve as a, a benefit to the success of your future. Absolutely. A last piece of advice for other students or young professionals like yourself going through all this situation. I think the biggest thing is just for everyone listening is just to work on your communication skills. I think this is a new area, a new experience that we're all dealing with together, learning how to communicate in a different way. But for myself in, in a situation where I, in a, on a normal day-to-day -day basis, I worked out of my supervisor's office. So if I had a question, I just look up from my computer and he's right there. But now we're on a schedule where I work on days where he's off and vice versa. So learning how to communicate via email, making sure I provide him consistent updates of, of what's going on and asking questions. I mean, I think in the college athletics landscape and in sports in general, you really will come to see the value of and the importance of communicating when everything, when anything goes wrong or there's any questions like that. It, it's a really important component. I think that this is a perfect opportunity to work on establishing and, and developing those skills in a, in a new way. Because who knows, this could be, this could take hold of the industry itself and become a much larger component with greater, more time off. And so who knows? Before I let you go, I skipped a question I had for you. In your opinion, what is the latest on the NCAA news about eligibility and what's happening with these spring students that they didn't get to play? What yes, can you so, there? 
Yeah, so that's a pretty interesting piece as well. The latest that I have heard, and I don't think that it's changed, is the NCAA made the ruling that all spring sport athletes, regardless of freshman or senior, will get one additional year of eligibility. The trick to this, and this has been discussed in some of our internal staff meetings, and I won't get into the the specifics, but it's going to boil down to institution by institution, how they want to handle the situation. So for example, the athletic director here at Florida State advised all coaching staffs to evaluate which students, seniors particularly, would plan on returning to the university for another year if they were offered. But then the coaches need to determine how they're going to fund all of these additional scholarships. Because according to the NCAA's direction, it's, I believe it's, you can either get up to what you received this past year, or you could get down to almost nothing. So it, it will, and I think for us, it's going to fall a lot on the coaching staffs to, to fundraise and find ways to come up with some of the, the financial components to be able to afford some of those scholarships. So it might be a situation where some student athletes are, are unable to return to their current institution and, and have to look for transfers. And it, it, I think this is a, a concept that's not only going to impact this coming year, but it's going to impact two and three years down the line. You start looking at re recruiting cycles and available scholarships. So it, it's definitely something to, to keep your eye on moving forward in the college athletics industry. Sure, especially since there is a chance that fall semester may be online as well. So what do we get into then, right? So it just, it's like the trickle effect. No one knows how long this is going to last. And really we can't make our procedures 100% until we understand the landscape and what's going on. Yeah, no, it's definitely made some of these conversations that we're having about the fall and preparing for football season a, a little tricky because it's, you, we don't know if we're going to have one or what the situation is going to be. So Hopefully, hopefully we hear some good news here soon and we can start preparing for actual sporting events and not hypotheticals. Great. Thanks, Anthony. All right, let's move on to Chelsea Bingham. Chelsea, welcome. Tell us who you're working it with and what's currently happening with you. Yeah, so I most recently was working in New York for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, the AA affiliate of the Mets due to life unforeseen circumstances. That's not really the case anymore. Yeah, I, like many others, have been really affected by everything that's going on right now. And your story, thank you for sharing your story, because you just made that move. And a lot of people are relating to you, because a lot of people out there have been furloughed, have been laid off, because sports is on a pause. And your job there, you were the all-star game coordinator. So you were there trying to do the specific all-star game this you know game which I don't know I think next year that can't even happen there because it's probably given to somebody else as well so unfortunately the rumble ponies might miss out on that whole opportunity there but I appreciate you sharing your story because a lot of people are in your shoes tell us really how the rumble ponies happened because I know it happened quick for you and you had a bunch of stuff going on yeah so the last three months of my life have been absolutely wild. I kind of, through my network, came into interviewing for a position that I didn't know was even open. It wasn't posted anywhere. Was able to get an interview because of 
my network speaking on my behalf and went into the position, moved and ended up working for the Rumble Ponies for about six weeks. And then everything happened and I was furloughed and I ultimately made the decision to leave New York and come back home to Indiana instead of waiting this whole thing out while being unemployed. So but from my position coming out of nowhere, having things kind of put together for six weeks and so optimistic and excited for what's to come and within, you know, a matter of days, everything changed and I'm right back to where I was, you know, just a few short weeks before. So it has to be tough. There's no denying that. What are you doing to kind of get your spirits back up and really just continue on your journey? Yeah, like you mentioned, it's been really hard and I've kind of struggled personally with a lot of things that are going right on right now, even outside of, you know, my the professional elements of my life. I think one thing that's just been super important for me is to understand that there is a bigger picture at the end of this. It's so easy to just look about what's right in front of you, but this will end eventually. And I am ultimately in control of my life after COVID-19. And so if all of this ends and I don't have a job waiting for me or something lined up or I'm not interviewing, you know, I take that as that's on me because I need to be as proactive during this time as possible. So I had a couple of days where I was sad, but life is still going on and it will continue to go on and ultimately try to think bigger picture. Sure. I think, you know, we all deserve that time to kind of heal, you know, no matter it's, it's not your fault. It's the bigger situation, but it had to happen to you and others in the industry. You just have to get past that. Give yourself a little bit of time, but then kind of get back up and start your grind again. Chelsea, I know you're not going to have a problem because one thing I really admire about you is that you'll get up and move anywhere. You moved to Binghamton from Indiana within a couple of days. You had everything moved and you've done the same thing a couple of times. You've moved yeah. a couple of different places from Indiana. Where were those places? Yeah, so within the last three years, I have went from Indiana to Minnesota, back to Indiana, to Pennsylvania, back to Indiana, to New York, and now back to Indiana. Yes. So yeah. you do take advantage of opportunities and those that do that and aren't afraid to do that, um, you'll find something and just be open to that. And I know, and, and you're taking advantage of really helping out at develop living sports alumni board. So you've been keeping yourself very busy with that project too. Yeah. That's part of my bigger picture here. One thing that, you know, living sport has been so so great to me like I have this wonderful network of people that I've met through the program and was able to work with Alicia and another program alumni to kind of create the Living Sport Alumni Board and we just got started up at the beginning of the year a few weeks later I moved to New York and so I was trying to balance you know professional life with the Rumble Ponies but also building and starting off this new board one of those elements is now not in the picture anymore. So I've really taken this time to dive, you know, right back into the alumni board and stay proactive in that, in that realm. And I really think that's your story. 
So when you talk about COVID-19 and you have to explain what happened at the Rumble Ponies, people will understand. But as an employer, people will say, well, Chelsea, what did you do during that time? How did you take that being laid off situation? And you could tell them, well, actually, I started something brand new and I got hundreds of sport management professionals together to form this board. And then you're kind of turning the conversation from, hey, this happened to me but I spun it and I made a positive and that's what I could do for your organization as well. Yeah, absolutely. During this time, I've stayed active within my network and living sport, talking to my committee members weekly. We're coming up with social campaigns. I'm staying active on Photoshop and creating graphics and keeping those skills relevant and fresh. We're trying to come up with new ideas for, you know, this business that means a lot to us, how they're going to adapt during this time. So I may not have the Rumble Ponies as a resource anymore when it comes to these adapting during these times, but I am thankful and very fortunate to have Living Sport for that. And I'm still learning and staying active and making the best of this madness that we're living in right now. Well, I truly appreciate all the alumni's help that have made that possible. And really all the alumni that reach out, that keep in contact with each other, it's really a great place. We talked a lot, a lot about networking, but that is what you have to do while you develop your young career. And it's super important. So what is a message that you tell yourself each day that keeps you motivated? I am ultimately in control of my own fate. And if I am in my feels and I'm sad and I sit and watch Netflix for two days in a row, like, all right, that's your weekend, but you need to reevaluate and get back up and keep going because at the end of this, there is going to be life, the world. It might not be the exact same as it was before, but we are going to get back to our new normal, whatever that is when it happens. And I need to be mindful of that and try to prepare myself for that as best as possible. So does this change your take on why you got into the sport industry in the first place? Mm, no, not really, to be honest. I so why, why did you get into sports? Let, let me ask you that. I love sports and have always wanted to work in them because I want to be in the business of fun and making people happy. And before I used to think sports were kind of the like indestructible industry. Now, obviously in terms of pandemic, that's not really true, but we're seeing how important sports are during this time. People are clinging to things like watching the last dance or anything like that. And so I just, if anything, it's really taught me how important my passion is and how much of an effect it really has on people. All right, Jess, in a few words, why did you get into sports? So this is this is going to be kind of a long-winded answer because my original plan was not sports. I earned my bachelor's degree from Point Park University in their sports arts and entertainment management program. So as a former ballet dancer, I thought I would maybe begin a career in the performing arts field, but that quickly changed when I started working at a local ice rink and then started volunteering with the Penguins Foundation. I know that sports is a challenging industry because it's always changing, and I think that's what I like most about it. And sports fans, are, like Chelsea said, are extremely passionate. There's nothing quite like when an event brings people together and you feel that overwhelming sense of community that fills the arena or a stadium or wherever you're playing your event. 
So for me, the coronavirus hasn't really changed that because my passion and energy is still there. And if anything, it's increased my excitement for when games return in the future. Maddie, in a few words, why did you get into the sport industry? I always, I mean, playing softball and sports all my life, I always had a passion for sports. I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to work in it right away, but I told myself that any career that I wanted to work in, I wanted to be excited every day to wake up and do my job. I never wanted to be like, oh, another day or anything like that. And starting to work with people that are passionate about the same thing. Being a woman working in sports is absolutely huge. I take extreme pride in that. It's very hard for us women sometimes, but I think that being another advocate for that, that's amazing. But just being able to get communities together, to come together and have that passion. Like Chelsea was saying, like we have literally seen how bad we need sports, whether it's hockey, basketball, lacrosse, soccer, anything. It just gives some some person, a little kid, an older person, just that sense of hope. And I just want to be able to do my part as well in that. So, Has this COVID-19 situation changed any of that for you? No. I mean, I'm going to still have that same passion. I'm still going to be flexible and willing to do whatever I need to do. Uh, maybe move back home, move it somewhere else. I, I don't know what the future looks like, but I'm still going to continue down that passion because I feel like once you have a passion, it's, it's going to continue to be there. And you can't just let little things just ruin it. So, you know big things, little things. Anthony, in a few words, why did you get into sports? Yeah, so to Maddie's point, same thing. I spent a lot of years of my childhood and youth playing sports. So it was something that such a big part of my who I am. And I knew that I was truly passionate about it. I, I tried the internship route outside of sports to see, am I really passionate about this? Do I really like the hours, the low pay? And, and I kind of came back to the sense that I'm willing to accept all of that because this is what I truly care about. And I don't think I look at COVID-19 like any kind of adversity I experienced playing basketball or running track or whatever the sport was. I think it's you, you have those injuries, you have those setbacks and you always have to find a way to make the improvements to overcome that adversity. And eventually you get back out there and you're able to compete and play again. And like the situation we're in now, COVID-19 is like one of those setbacks. And there's going to be sports after this. It might look and sound a little bit different, but it's up to us to adjust to that and be prepared for when it does return. So, no, I'm more than happy staying in the sports industry, and, and I look forward to hopefully a very successful career in it. Guys couldn't have said it better. My mission is to encourage people to keep on trying to get into this industry, doing everything they can and not let this situation be a hurdle to them, kind of stopping their attempt to get in. So very good. Thank you for sharing. We're coming to an end here and we are doing this the day before the NFL draft. So to end this, I'm going to put you guys on the spot because this is going to air after the NFL draft happens. So Tell me each one of your favorite NFL team and who's their first draft pick. Okay. So as a former intern with the Pittsburgh Steelers in their marketing department, let's, let's go Steelers. I know we don't have a first round pick this year because we traded for Minka. So that was well worth it in the long run, I think. But when it comes to round two, pick 49, I think I might be feeling running back. I've been hearing a lot of maybe Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin wouldn't be opposed to that. So maybe 
maybe we'll stick with that. You really put me on the spot there, but I, I'm thinking running back. Okay, very good. Maddie? Yeah, I'm a diehard 49er fan, so we should have won the Super Bowl. Sad. But anyways, I, I am going to be honest with you, I, I do not know round picks and where we are right now and everything. Like I said, you're putting me on the spot. But if I could, like, you know, if we could pick anyone to be someone from Oregon. I went to school in Eugene. I love Justin Herbert. I don't think we're going to get him. He's a quarterback. We don't need a quarterback. But just an, a U of O duck, maybe a lineman, something. But go Niners. Okay. I think the Niners are looking at some receivers. I don't know. They're, they're a powerhouse team anyway. So yeah. whatever you get, you'll be good. Yeah. Anthony? Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> you got to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that I, I've been checking up on the rumors and, and seeing what's going on. And we need Carson needs some help So at wide receiver. So I'm hoping Howie pulls off maybe a trade and, and we can get C.D. Lamb in there and, and give Carson some firepower to throw the ball to and, and bring another Super Bowl to the city. So that's who I'm going to hope for. But we'll see what happens. My man, go birds. We always have that connection since day one, Anthony. And if you see here, I'm going to try. I wrote here CD Lamb as well. So we're on the same page here. So right. let's go get him. Chelsea, how about you? You personally couldn't have asked a worst question. I think that the Colts traded their first round draft pick to get, I'm not going to lie, I don't even know who. Football is definitely not my strong suit there, but go Colts. Do you know who your new quarterback is? Yeah, Phil Burrs. Okay, very good. <laughs> I am a very surface level football fan, admittedly. Will you be so, watching yeah. the draft? No, probably not. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't care I don't that much. That. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh. We're cutting this part anyway. Cut this, cut this. No, just kidding. Oh, we all love different sports and we all, Jess, you talked about dance and ballet and, you know, we all come from dis different aspects and that's why I like to throw this out. NFL draft is the pop culture event happening right now. That's why we're talking about that. But the sport industry as a whole is made up of so many different levels of competition. It's crazy. And our differences are what brings us together because we can learn from each other. So very good. This has been a great session. I thank you all for joining in. Thank you for being great alumni to the Living Sport Program. Continue on your journeys because you are all in a great place. You have the assets and the tools of what it takes to be a pro in this field. And I'm very proud of each and every one of you guys. And I know that people listening will find extreme value. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Our goal at Living Sport is to help all young professionals succeed in the sport industry, especially through the Living Sport International Sport Business Program. This program provides students with an opportunity to experience the world through sport. This year, Living Sport will be visiting Dublin, Ireland, London, England, and Athens, Greece. If you're interested to learn more or to apply for a 2020 program, go to livingsport.com. Have a great day, guys.